0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Asia, Torah in the Old City of Jerusalem overlooking the Western Wall. Today we're dealing with the question of, uh, the following question is, what do you do if you're, if you're clear with the fact that the whole point of this creation is to have a relationship with God the relationship having also standards, like every relationship you've ever had. But you don't feel that you're either ready or up to it or whatever. You're just not able to live up to those standards that the relationship requires. And here's the question part. Oh! And the question is, the question he asked was, was, and I'm not going to repeat those words exactly, but if you died before you got your act together, if you died before you got your act together, are you busted? If you died before you got your act together, are you busted? Do you have an amendment to that? I think his question is more if you're on the way to getting your act together and you die. I understand. That's what I said. That's what I said. I understand. Your whole life is what if you die before? What's the deal if you die before you're at the point where you're ready to... So, you know, I, I think it's quite a simple answer, actually. The It's not a simple thing to do, but I think it's a simple answer is that you don't pay for that. You don't pay for that. But that's the simple answer. The difficult answer is, can you be the judge of whether you're ready? So, no. The answer is no, you can't. But could you have a Rebbe who can help you answer that question? So, yeah, for sure. You could have a Rebbe, meaning a mentor, who would have the objectivity to say, you know what? If you kept everything that it required to have this relationship with God, if you kept it all, you would probably freak and drop everything. And so the way you're doing your slow build is appropriate. It's the right speed, and you're choosing the right stuff to take on. So keep up, keep up the good work of taking on the right things at the right pace, so that you're not gonna wind up running for your life and dropping everything, and then really being in trouble. So the fact is that you got the course clear, and meaning where you're going with the course, and the fact that you're, that you're bumping it up appropriately. Now you may be just being a bum, I just—you got a point when you say the word "bum," you know. As a father, just kidding. <gasps> <laughs> now you—you you may be being a bum, and I'll tell you—I can tell you for sure you're being a bum if you don't have a mentor who's who's uh, guiding your steps. So if you don't have a real mentor in your life guiding your steps towards full observance of the relation, you know. The details of the relationship. because think about it. I mean, it, I, I know I've written this a million times, but I'll write it again. <laughs> there it is. I'm telling you, I'm just waiting to have a dream about this. By the way, I had, I had a crazy dream. I had a crazy dream where, where I was sitting in a circle of like all the peers that are my peers, and including both in the Jewish world and in the alternative spiritual world. And all my peers are in the room, and I'm just one of the peers in the room, and it's being, it's being led by, by a, a particular medicine chief from the Amazon, who, you know, who all of us know, and not all of you, but everyone in the room knew. And he's leading it, and he just suddenly like singles me out and and mentions mentions me and my concern over finances and how I go about my life and how I make a living and that it was almost like I'll be reviewing his relationship to money and But what he was really saying was, he's not really going to review my relationship to money. What he was really saying is, is, Yom Tov, you're not supposed to be paying attention to money. Meaning most people are, you're not. And your job is just to do what you do. And then I woke up and was so relieved. So relieved. Because you can't help but let the money then creep in. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're single or married. Single. Single. And you know you'd like to be taken care of, Right but doesn't money creep in you know even though your long term plan is that's not going to be your part you know so so for me even though I'm a man it's not my part it's just not my part and and I I was over worrying about it for a while which is how my I got this you know last week I was out 2 days cuz I got this thing but it, I know I got that thing over that cuz I was I was thinking in terms that I'm not supposed to be thinking in and it was causing me stress that was inappropriate you know, I mean think about it if you guys found out that I was worrying about money you'd probably pool all your money together to make sure I never worried about money again because it would be such a waste of a resource I tell people all the time if you've got something to say don't you dare have a job if you've got something to say meaning, if, what I mean is if you've got a difference to make that's big enough and you're willing to make it so then you're not allowed a, you're not allowed a job not allowed a job let the world pay for you create a create a 501c3 if you want and, and put it all around what you're trying to say to the world and and grab a staff of people who are willing to who feel the same way about that and but don't you dare have a job if you have, if you could possibly make a difference on this planet before it just falls right through space with the weight of its problems If you have something you can do about this planet, don't you dare sit in front of a computer, you know, at someone else's company, several hours a day. You know, that's that's just inappropriate. And I broke my own rule, and I woke up with a virus. It's already eight days later. I got that message right away, but then later in the week got the dream, and then woke up relieved. Yeah. So. Anyway, that was just a lesson within a lesson right there. When you have a relationship, you have two things going on at all times. One is the connection, which you you separated too much here. One is the connection. The other one is, is um, is the do's and don'ts. What would you call the do's and don'ts? With anything, I mean, you work for a company. You work for a company. There's like compliance rules. You know, you you sign the contract that I'll be, you know, I'll be this amount of time. I won't be on my cell phone. I'm not going to be surf on the web. And you know, there's compliance. There's do's and don'ts. You know, be there at these times. Don't be on the web. You know, like, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, you're in a relationship with the the company. And so, if you're married. You know, you got the connection to your spouse. And then you got, like, colors you should never wear. And, and you also have uh, things you should never bring up. You know, those are don'ts. And, and food you should never make, at least when he's in town or she's in town if you're the chef. And, um, and, but you also have all the do's. You know, there's certain do's that, that are very specific to that person you're married to that are like you can't miss those but but you realize you could also just do the do's and do and don't do the don'ts without actually connecting I know people like that I know people have technical marriages it's pretty sad you know, They have technical marriages I would barely call them married they're married legally you know they would have to do something if they wanted to separate they would have to give a get they'd have to like get divorced but they're not really married and I know people also who are you know married but their connections like they they they're working on connection but but they're not so interested in the do's and don'ts factors of the of the relationship and so they keep getting hurt. Meaning they have the love, they have the real you know, this is connectionist, the love. I just put connection because sometimes it's a company. You know, you don't have to love the company you work for. But um, they have the connection, but, they're, um, but they just keep getting hurt because if you loved me, you would not do that, you know, and, or if you loved me, you would do that. And so, anyway, but these are both very important in Judaism with God. This is called um, this is called uh, the same connection, love, and the dos and the don'ts is the the Torah and the. It tells you what to do and what not to do. It also tells you a bit about love because, you know, I mean, it's clearly God's been like, you know, He went way out of His way for the Jewish people. And uh, at least the first part of history, got, that's kind of our history, is God going out of His way for us. And the second part of history is us paying for the fact that that we don't care about the do's and the don'ts. So, like, He still loves us. He never stops loving us. He'll even go, it, it says that God's, god's presence when it, when, it, when the temple was destroyed god's he went to exile with us he went to exile with us we didn't go alone to exile God came with us into exile it's a it's a serious love relationship but you know it's now it's paying for paying for our incalcitrance you know our, our refusal to to live with the dos and don'ts so So we have to be really honest with ourselves about our in our growth with um, with the do 's and the don 'ts and the love but here 's a couple things one thing is you have to know your uh, you have to know yourself in relationships like s- people who are more structure oriented will tend towards the do 's and the don 'ts and let the connection go a little bit yeah and people are more there 's a table for two right there welcome so Right now we're talking about limude Hashem and limude Ratzon Hashem. Uh, by the way, this uh, Jewish studies—I just totally changed the topic a bit—but Jewish studies breaks down to this one and this one. This is called limude Hashem, learning about Hashem. To get you know, if you got to know to know him is to love him, like you got to get in there. Not that you could ever know God, but but you got to get into the kabbalistic stuff about God and his relationship to. F- the physical world and that's all Kabbalah, and then this is all Talmudic law, Shulchan Aruch, like the studying the Talmud and stuff now what do you think what do you think the vast majority of studies that yeshivas do the do's and the don'ts, or the uh, study of God himself, which one yeah number two, yeah, number two uh-huh. Yeah, and and you know what's funny is Hasidim, which are a branch of Ashkenazim, and there's plenty of Svartic Chabadniks and wrestlers by the way. But the um, but this these Hasidim, you would think, you know, because the whole idea was let's get focused on one here, because there was a false Messiah named Shabtai Tzvi who like messed the Jewish people up big time by this like whole messianic thing that almost happened in the. 1500s and sorry 1600s and then what happened was they it made a big backlash against number one and like Judaism should just be technical it should be a technical relationship and they called it that movement was called rationalist Judaism rationalist Judaism which was not too shabby i mean it was intense stuff you know you want to be have your mind blown probably the best the greatest of all the rationalists uh, writings, whereas by a rabbi uh, in Germany named Rabbi Rafael Hirsch, and if you ever get a chance to learn the Torah based on his explanations, I mean you'll just you'll just have your mind opened way beyond most things you could ever read during the rationalist period. So it, it, it ain't bad, but but the um, Hasidim came to fix this and re re trickle like trickle in all the secret kabbalistic. Witness of Judaism, the relationship, the connection. But today, none of that is going on because, like, you could ask this Hasidic young man. Don't worry, you're not on film here. These two Hasidic young men. So, you guys learned in yeshivas, right? So, let's say in in your in high school, sheer base in yeshiva Gedaliah. Yeah, how many hours of your day were spent on Limude Hashem, meaning where it was that was part of the program to learn about connection. How many hours of your day? Yeah, was there an hour? Where the whole yeshiva opens up a uh, safer? No hour. How about yours? Any hour of that? How about Yeshiva Tana? Was there an hour of Limude Hashem? Fifteen minutes. Fifteen, not minutes. bad. Yeah, so let me explain what's going on here. How could it be that there's a Hasidic yeshiva that has dropped from their curriculum? Totally, but totally dropped from their curriculum. The whole point that Hasidus came up, maybe I'll move this over a little. The purpose of like why Hasidic life came into the world, like how could they drop that from the curriculum? Good question? So it's a very simple answer and it's an amazing answer and a lot of people maybe never thought about this before but which one's the intimate one number one or two one is it very intimate when you're told that it's time to open up your book on intimacy and start learning about it no you understand that to put it into an educational system is taking the technical side of Judaism and applying technical technical life to number one and then what happens is you're in, now you're in a class in a system with a teacher who's going to tell you about your relationship with God. I mean, could I ever tell you about your relationship with God? It's like, no. I'm not even sure about my own relationship with God. You know, I mean, as far as I can tell, we're lovers. But what well, do I know? I have no idea. You know, like, I, I, think, I think we're crazy about each other. You know, but I, and I think uh, there's a seat right there for you. You can just come around. I think we're all good, but I I have no idea. But it's, oh, the beauty of what I'm saying is it always stays private, it always stays intimate. And the way it stays intimate is because you can't institutionalize it, it always stays intimate. In a maybe Yavin, there is only one organization that ever instituted Hasidus during their actual study hours and that's Chabad Chabad actually did institutionalize the study of Hasidus and, and the, uh, I can say that I'm very jealous that I didn't get to have that You know, if there was anything that would have drawn me to Chabad would have been to have three hours a day of Hasidus in the day but on the other hand Maybe it would lose something in having become part of that. You understand? Because it always stays... What are we talking about? We're talking about intimacy. Well, intimacy is got to be intimate. It's got to be something you elect for. So I'll just give a word to these two Hasidic young men. is, is, Even though they didn't put it in your schedule, you put it in your schedule. Right? You have it in your schedule? You have it? Not so much... Put in your schedule. Make sure it's in your schedule. Isn't two one by What's that? Isn't two two one becomes two. If you learn three hours a day, one becomes two. The learning three hours a becomes uh it becomes it becomes very much uh doesn't do another, it doesn't become anymore a number one. It might be. I don't know. I wasn't gonna flesh that out. You fleshed it out. That's why I said I'm not even young. Now, where are we holding? Um, So what if you die when you're not there yet? (laughs) Tell me, has anyone died when they were there yet? (laughs) Moses, maybe? You know? You get that? So, like, are any of us ever going to be there? We're never going to be there. But, you know, this lesson I wanted to teach you earlier this week that I was about to say, but then it would have been way too off topic, but I think now it's pretty on topic, is that a lot of people make the mistake, and uh, listen carefully to this one. A lot of people make the mistake. And, uh, you know what, can I get everyone, I'm going to teach you something so important. Can I get everyone to raise their hand? that they would share this with one person by tomorrow. It's really short and easy to share. Only if you agree with it. If you don't agree with it, you can throw it in the wastebasket. But if you agree with what I'm about to say, would you share it with one person, please? Okay? And you're reminding me... Uh, you won't do it? You won't share it with one person? Oh, you will Okay. Whoa, is it unanimous? An you'll share this with one person? I'm not sure what. <laughs> whatever it is. I'm about to say whatever I say. You'll share it with one person. Um, but, I, but someone reminded me, that I've got to say this more often. Um, I should say it after every class. Remind me to say this after every class. The heads of Tory Anytime said to me, they're like, dummy. They're at my Shabbos table calling me a dummy. But they said, dummy, when you finish a class, tell the people to write. You know someone who needs to hear what I just said. You all know someone. who, At least one person who needs to hear what I just said. Hit the share button, put in his email, or her email, and send it. And let them hear it. Because if you don't do that right now, you probably won't. And so get it done. You get that? So I should say that at the end of classes. I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to have you back. You have no idea what I went through. Are you here for a while? (laughs) Just tell me you're here for a while. Every day I had another substitute video camera guy, like holding equipment, like upside down. (laughs) (laughs) It was really bad. So um, so here's the thing. This is what you're going to share. So you'll notice, by the way, listen how much better you listen knowing you've got to share it. That's your first lesson. That's not the one you're going to share. But listen how much more you listen knowing you're going to share it, which means that in your future, if you're going to learn something that's of value, have in mind that you're going to share it. You know, you're going to share it out there. It's like my, my children, when they, when they start a school... Meaning mean, you start the year with a new teacher. So I go up to the teacher and I say, I know you got a lot of kids in your class. And then I point to my kid and I say, you see that one over there? And they're like, yeah, and they're like, that's Glazer. That's my kid. And they're like, yeah, and I said, I said, when my wife and I had children, we, it was not for us. We are, we are giving birth to solutions to the world's problems. And we train them from day one Literally from day one, they are being trained to be solutions to this planet's problems. And so I know you're going to give to all the kids equally, but just have in the back of your mind that whatever you say in this room, and especially any extra attention you give to the Glazer kid, is going to be broadcast into the planet big time. So just have that in mind. And they're like, okay, you know whatever and then I hand him 200 shekels or something because that's just part of saying hi to your kid's teacher and, and it doesn't have to be 200 shekels but certainly the first one should be yeah. you don't want to go less than 200 on the first meeting you know and they, uh, but you, you know they got 30 got kids in that class you know There definitely is a good idea that, that he had he was able to buy fish that week for his Shabbos table because he's got your kid in his class. So, anyway, the, um, but they, uh, they all say to me at the end of the year, they say to me, like, like, wow. You're right. That, that, kid's, that kid's here to make a difference. You know? and so It's not, we're not living in simple times. So. And by the way, you want to keep your kids safe? I'll give you two hints in keeping your kids safe when you raise your kids. Number one, Raise them to be the solutions to this earth's problems, so that way they'll be, you know, very alert when they're in class to hear from, uh, to hear what, what what do I what do I need who do I need to be and what do I need to know to like make the difference for this place. So they're going to be much more attentive as students. And and the other thing is, um, the other thing is your home has to be the most spiritual place they've ever been, the most fun and the most accepting. Most spiritual place, the most fun and most accepting. I had. I mean, we just did an all night meditation, thirteen hours of meditation, and on my right was my nine year old little Hasidic boy. You know, and my daughters were there. I, anyone in town was there. You know, even my twenty three year old son popped in on his way back from Kibbutz Sadik. Twenty two year old son popped back from Kibbutz Sadikim in Europe. He even got there at five in the morning. I thought he was just going to go and go to sleep. No, he sat down. He's like got himself on top of the drum. And uh, and we did another hour's jam with him on there. And anyway, you make your house the most spiritual house ever. Judaism's not intellectual in your home. Okay? Stay away from intellectual Judaism in the home. And that's that's one thing in the... That's two things I told you, but the, the other thing is it's the most fun home. Your, your home should be so fun that when, when your 16-year-old daughter goes out for a trip with her or five hours with her friends, she's back in two. And when she walks in the door, you're like, what are you doing back here? And she's like, I thought I'd miss something. So your, your teenage daughter should be coming home early from events because she was afraid something might be going on in the house that she would have missed. You be the home that that all your kids' friends want to be at. Make sure you're the home where all the kids' friends want to be, as opposed to you wondering what in the world's going on with your kids in someone else's home. Now, um, here's what I wanted to share with you: is that a lot of people make the the error of thinking that sorry, we all need to. Let's start again. Here's what you're going to share with someone that we all need to get somewhere we're not yet. Clear? Everyone agrees with that? We all need to get somewhere we are not at this point there. And the mistake you can make is not being here where you're at. Because this is where your relationship with God is. The USB cable interface between God and creation is where you're at now. Yeah, you're, so, you're still selfish. Yeah, you're still lazy. Yeah, you're still like a little, like, uh, you know, lacking uh, accuracy maybe in some particular mitzvahs or halachas and stuff. Like, who, I don't know what you're up to. Yeah, you haven't learned Torah in a serious way in a while. Wherever you're at, you are here, and here is where God and you are in a relationship. And so, yes, you need to grow to some other place. But you better be here, too. I know people who aren't here. They're, they're always postponing life to some place they're trying to get to. And I admire their growth. I mean, these are people who are serious people, heavy-duty growers. But they forget about the important lesson to be where you're at as well. you got to be where you're at as well. And I'll, and I'll share that also with a story it will help you remember what you're going to share with them, is uh, we were nine men who were about to pray. A group of uh, rabbis, were all, we got together to do some studies and nine of us were about to pray. We, we needed a 10th man and we just couldn't find anyone because we had met in an area where there weren't a lot of observant men and there wasn't even a lot of people at all. So the only person we found was like a, this long-haired, tripped-out, secular Israeli guy and yeah, in my, my last 30 seconds we tripped this like tripped out secular israeli guy was like you know just long-haired tripped out guy you know he had earrings and all kinds of funky things going on with him and uh anyway we pulled him in we put a keep on his head and gave him a sitter thankfully he's israeli he can read the hebrew and and this guy was just like there you know so he just went for it and and he was doing us a favor, but if, I, if I'm already here doing it, so I'll do it. And he opens his prayer book and he's in. But we were in too, so we weren't paying that much attention to him. But the long story short is that when we had finished praying, and meaning really finished, like the last Kaddish was said, he was still on like the third or fourth paragraph. He had the sitter like this, his other hand like this, and he was just like like this. you know, And none of us touched his prayers because we're all so into growth that, that we missed the connection part because you can't connect anywhere if you're not where you're at now. You've got to be where you're at to have a relationship. And yes, you've got to grow and you should be doing everything you can to grow, but be where you're at. So this guy kind of mopped the floor with all of us rabbis In connection, because he doesn't have a thought like he's got to be somewhere else. He's always just kind of, he's always kind of soaking in his own juices all the time, this guy. You know, he's not in that kind of, he's not like us, in this like crazy growth thing we're up to. But don't miss your own growth. Don't miss the connection while growing. Shalom, everybody. See you in two weeks. Uh, Oh, wait, yeah, very important. You know what, can I make that announcement? You want to make it? So then let me just say one thing. Uh, Please click, follow, share, subscribe, and all those other things you're supposed to do when you watch a video like this. And there is someone you know who's meant to hear this, so please send it to them now. Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.